of the Retail Adventures podcast with Kaiser Inventor and Baum. Missing Kaiser today, but we're joined by our international partners, Jeremy C. from Singapore and Ian Scott from the UK. Today is May 28th, 2021. And Jason, I'm turning it over to you. Well, welcome, everybody. That was cool. I feel like this is this is episode 25. So hooray to us. We've hit a, a quarter century, yeah. uh, which is pretty, pretty awesome. It only took us, uh, I think, a year and a half to get there. <laughs> but we made, it. we made it. And uh, as always, it's, it's exciting to have Ian and Jeremy on. I think at this point, we need to just make you guys co-hosts. I think so too. You know what you got? So wait, here's, wait, wait, the, here's the thing. Wait, I, I want one of those big American law firms where you just spend twenty minutes reading out the name of the podcast. And no time <laughs> you know, I'm I'm ready. Let's. That's a that's a uh, that's now a job is to just literally sit behind a desk and sue people. So I'm I'm all there. Let's do it. You two flip a coin to see whose name goes first. <laughs> oh, Jeremy! Jeremy should go. I was, was going to say alphabetically. We're Alphabetical. Both S, aren't we? We're both an S. So. <laughs> I thought. I thought. I thought we're going by time zone and who's ahead in time, right? <laughs> oh well, you, yeah. you, you, you'll finish your podcast before we even wake up. If, if we do that. Kaiser, Tender, precisely. Baum, C, and Scott, or Scott and C. We'll, we'll figure that one out. That was like, I went to Australia <laughs> once with that. Speaking of the time zone, I went to Australia and it was my first experience with time travel because we left at 10 in the morning and we arrived at nine in the morning the yeah. same day, you, you but it took 25 it. hours to get home. Weird. <laughs> yeah. I just didn't enjoy a single hour of it, but. <laughs> I just brought my soon to be six year old grandson in to meet Jeremy and Ian. And he's, what do you mean? What do you mean, Nana, that it's already, it's already the next morning where Jeremy lives. And, why is he having lunch? I just got up. <laughs> so my wife and I were lucky enough to spend uh, two weeks in Fiji for our honeymoon. And wow. I don't know if you know this, but in Fiji, if you go to one of the, I forgot the name of the island, but it, the international dateline runs right through it. So you can literally stand in yesterday and today at the same time. And that's crazy. Dude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Because he is at his annual Lost Indy 500 weekend, he hasn't missed it in over 40 years, and he will be at the racetrack watching cars go around in circles. Good for him. Know, Good right? for him. Right. So there's a lot going on in the world right now. Jeremy, um, while mm. the rest of us are, are kind of going back to some semblance of normality, Singapore has gone yep. back to quarantine. Yeah, not not just not just singapore right um few other places as well i i think the only place that is normal now is china ironically um so singapore is on what we call phase two um heightened um alert which essentially means uh everyone is supposed to work from home uh, on default unless you really have to be out there um schools close everyone's um, remote learning from home uh, since two weeks back, it was uh, May 16 or May 14, I can't remember. And this will continue to um, June 13, I think. And uh, specifically for retail, um, operations as usual. However, food and beverage, um, we cannot dine in. So that impacts everyone because, you know, uh, Singaporeans love to go and get their food, sit down, eat and shop a little. So the shops are open, uh, the restaurants are open, but you can't dine in, you can eat takeout. So that reduces the, footfall traffic. Can you go to the store to get your groceries or are you back to ordering online again? No, we can we can go to to get our groceries and all that. Everything is yeah. uh is still open. Um everything is still open, just that um you can't dine in. And and because of what's going on with the new variant, um everyone's staying at home mostly. I am for the past two weeks, I haven't gone out to socialize or meet anyone. And there's no no place to anyway, because there's no place okay. to sit down and have coffee. Are you vaccinated? Yeah. So I'm not. I'm oh. actually my wife and I, yeah, we're we're just waiting and see because we hear a lot of um, you know, horror tales about people um falling more sick. Um, you know, things that are not in mass media to so as to frighten people not to um take vaccines. But there are channels, you know, things like telegram chats that are, you know, having this kind of uh, information. 
Um, but personally, I, I'm, I'm just waiting and see because I do have uh, autoimmunity um, skin um, ailment and uh, I'm just a bit concerned. And obviously, when I ask my dermatologist, um, she says, no, you can take the jab. They won't say otherwise, right? So, so, see, it's, it's interesting you have see. that perspective, though, Jeremy, yeah. because here, Why? our mainstream media are the killjoys and the negative ones. Um, so, <laughs> that's, that's how so, the English works. <laughs> yeah, this is the English press. You know, everyone loves a dreadful story and, a, and an unhappy ending because it sells more more copies. So we've mm -hmm. we've had the reverse where you've you've got a little bit of gossip that's turned into a major headline and everyone then reacts. So the frustration mm -hmm. over here is all the medical profession are going. These are some of the most successful vaccines for generations ever. ever. One person in the pub turns to his mate and goes, oh, I'm not doing that. And suddenly it's a headline in the Daily Mirror or the Daily Mail, which yeah. is the, the worst one for it. Right. And then everyone's panicking. So we have it's, it's like a flip attitude and approach to media than you have, where <laughs> the official media is all up and official and supportive. And you have to delve deeper to get it's, the hard truth. I, I love that. Wait it's, it's, and see. So, so, Jeremy, are you waiting for something to yeah. happen to us? Like, what are you waiting to see? Like, that's that's the part that uh, that that that. That that uh, that I can't get by like that mindset because do you think that so over sixty percent of the United States has already been uh, already received one dose? So are you waiting for mm -hmm. like those millions and millions of people like Wait. all of a suddenly to like spontaneously combust? Like I don't know what you're waiting no, no, no. for. <laughs> waiting for waiting for data, right? Any any reports that specifically Lovely. you know says that yeah you know my my particular autoimmunity uh, mm -hmm. disease is uh, has sure. effect or something like that. Yeah. I don't want to be part of that data. That's my sure. point. So I, I have a neuromuscular disorder and I don't know, I listen to, so my doctor, you know, I go to NYU, I go to really good doctors and my, um, my cousin is a doctor. He had his vaccine mm. back in December. I spent a lot, lot while talking to him about, is this something you're going to get? And he's like, oh, I already got it. Uh, this is this is like the this is some of the most sound data we've had on a vaccine in a long time. He's like, think about it. The average vaccine, you're going to experience symptoms of it within 48 hours, right? That's when you're going to have mm -hmm. something. And then after mm -hmm. that, if anything is going to happen to you, it's within 30 days, 30 to 45 mm -hmm. days. They're all short term. Mm -hmm. And then these studies were 90 days long and are still ongoing. This is some of the most sound data on vaccines that they have. Most are released after 45 days. Then obviously there's a wait period for production and there's the wait period for longer term, uh, long term uh, uh, data. That's what we don't have is how long are they going to be effective? But if you're if anything's going to happen to you, it happens in the short term, not in the long term. I got very sick after the second shot. It was yeah, that's that's your immune system working. It was super fun. Was it worse than the first shot? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, the yeah. second one is much worse. Because yeah. I was just talking to a friend of mine. He had his second shot last uh, this week, and we were going to go and visit a load of stores together, and he rang up and went, I, I can't do it. I, yeah. I feel dreadful. Yeah. Yeah. My first one, I had a sore arm, and I felt really tired for a day, and then it was gone. Mm -hmm. That's the first report I'd heard about reactions to the second jab. I just assumed, well, it's already in my system, therefore I'll be fine. No. The no, second I, one's it, worse. It, it kicks your ass. But it, it does. doesn't. But it doesn't kick everybody's ass. My husband didn't yeah. get sick. My daughter didn't get sick. My son-in-law did. My son did. But here's the thing, and I, this is just anecdotal: drink a ton of water before hmm. you go in and get the second yep. shot. Because I, right. and, you feel like you had. Battle. You feel like you have a bad flu, and Friends then it's over. Done that, no work. No problem. Me, well, yeah. I've, I've got nothing in my diary for the day after, and I'm just going to keep. That's, that's what I did. I did yeah. this. But you know what? I, I had a call at nine in the morning the next day, which was a huge mistake. But I sat through <laughs> it. I felt terrible. And then I went back to bed. And then you know what? It was like one of those days you just plan to be in away. bed. And then it's gone the next day, oh, like completely yeah. gone. So if it's like, okay, one day of being miserable and then you're immune to, to COVID, I think it's worth it. So, so the shops are shut down where Jeremy lives. Mm -hmm. How about no, you? No, no, they're, they're open. They're open, they're just open. at the FMB. They're open, but no FMB, one's going to. No dining. Is every store open? Are the malls open? Clothing stores? Yes, it's, it's all just, open. He just, yeah, no, yeah, no food and bev. That's it, right? There's no dining, no yeah. dining in the food and beverage. So that okay. cuts down a lot of the traffic. Hmm. Right, so I need a new dress. I can go to the mall. 
Yeah. You've yeah. got nowhere to wear it yeah. to go to, but you yeah. can still okay. have it. Yeah. For an entire Come on. Year. We've all been wearing sweatpants and shorts for the past, like... <laughs> I went out. I went out the other day, and I wore jeans. And I went down to London to have a look around a load of stores. And I came back, and I couldn't wait to take the jeans off and <laughs> sweatpants. It felt like I was wearing a three-piece suit. And a, a, a pair, you know that pair of shoes you always wear yeah. for weddings and funerals that are never properly worn in. It felt like that, and I couldn't wait to take the jeans off because they felt too formal and restrictive. It's very sad. These you days, when I see people. someone in jeans, I'm like, "What do they have to prove? Come on!" It's a job it's interview. It must be a job. Yeah. I wear them all the time. You remember in the 90s when they came out with pajama jeans? Yes. There were these sweatpants. No. They look like jeans, but they're made out of sweatpants material. And it was an infomercial. We laughed our shorts off when we saw that. <laughs> to that lady's laughing right now. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> oh, the, the, the interesting thing, the interesting thing for, for Asia actually is, um, you know, um, the Olympics, right? In Japan, where this yeah. thing would go on. So that's um, there's a huge... Um, yeah. I don't know. Just I just read that. Um, I think they say that it's uh, the the organizing committee says that it's still going to be going on, but there's like a huge petition in, in Japan denial, though, that, aren't they? That no. that committee, aside from all of the sexist comments that that, that the committee chiefs were making before, you know, it's they're, they're just like we desperately want to do it, and I can understand that. But there's a danger they're going to really erode credibility well, because you're looking at it going that you, you if you were thinking of starting to plan for it now, you go absolutely not, and that should yeah. be the basis. I believe the U.S. was telling people not to go. They were telling, I don't know if they've um, told the athletes, but definitely their families and, and um, people who are planning to go over there not to go. Well, you remember the last Olympics, I think it was the last Olympics, they had an issue with the water for the swimmers and it was not fit mm -hmm. to swim yep. in. And we went, yep. you know, you, you train that hard, you really want to go, but. Yeah, I feel bad for the athletes because it's a very I mean, short period of their life that they can actually participate in these games. But yes, yeah. exactly. I mean, may, may, maybe you could do it in a way that it's just the athletes and, and no uh, audiences. Mm -hmm. But I've got yeah, a feeling but, that but the, the Japanese economy needs the needs all the audiences to turn exactly, well. that, exactly, exactly. They they've invested so much that if it doesn't go on and you know there's no crowd or if at least now it's, it's if it's going to be muted, not that many people. I don't know how much of the economy is going to help them so much so that you know it might be better to just cancel it i, I don't know i'm not in the position to comment but no it's an interesting maybe, place maybe to watch. they need to move it back another year because it's every four years you could still run the next one you know in 2024 because a two-year gap it's not the end of the world you know it's not too close in fact i'm sure a lot of the athletes would welcome that mm -hmm. um, well it's, it's, it's still going gaps. on yeah, it's still going despite the huge petition, and I think uh, there's still a wave of uh, the pandemic going on. So interesting Here. to watch. We'll know in a month's time or so. Yeah. Here they've opened up all the stadiums. Yeah, everything's open in the states if, now. If you're vaccinated, you don't mm -hmm. have to wear a mask. I mean, really? I, I, oh yeah. Oh my goodness. Uh, there's look up the New York Knicks. Their vaccination. <laughs> look up the New York Knicks because it's NBA playoffs right now. Yes. And that is so from a year ago when they literally canceled the NBA yeah. to this year. If you just Google right now how the New York Knicks and the last playoff game at Madison Square Garden, which is, by the way, the best place to ever go see a basketball game. But not that I'm biased or anything, but well, I, I, sh I should but, on the record now because I've got a 14 year old son who is a mad king basketball player here in the UK. Mm. Um and uh, he's a Houston Rockets fan. And he said, are you going to support a team? And I said, oh, I will. And I was watching the game. And I was, oh, I love that really funky gray court. So I said, oh, I'll follow that team. And it turns out to be the Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn Nets, your yeah. Arch rivals. Then they suddenly recruited three of the best players in the yeah. league. Yeah. And they're now favorites to win. So I'm very sorry about that, Jason, because you you, you've grown up and made a very considered choice. I picked a team because they've got a great <laughs> And they're going to kick your ass in the place. Yeah, you know what? The Knicks have longevity. That that's that's. I don't need to fight that. They're the little brother. No matter. I don't care what super team they put together. Him. That's fine. Him. That's fine. Yeah, you did. Jason. You did. You're gaslighting me. Jason, do, nine, do nine of the Yankees still have COVID? So that was really interesting. So a friend of mine is a beat writer for the um, uh, Daily News. I think it is here. Um, or NJ.com, whatever they're calling it, um, not the Daily News, NJ.com, and follows the Yankees 
from training camp through the whole season. It's kind of crazy. Um, and that was a huge report of nine Yankees having COVID. Now the suspicion is there might be a possibility. Maybe they didn't get the vaccine, even though that there were claims that all of them were vaccinated, because to have that many breakthrough cases on just one team is I mean, that I hope they're studying that because that seems very, but it's all asymptomatic. So very could have well mm. been that they all had the yeah. vaccine and that's literally the vaccine working. So um, who knows? That's It was an interesting story, though, for sure. Well, but yeah, the, the whole stadium, the stadiums are open. Um, I used to be a New York Jets season ticket holder. We're, you know, I've been talking to friends who are ticket holders because all the stadiums are going to be open. Those are 80,000 stadiums. Yeah. None. So like some, here. some here, they're letting fans back in, but they're socially distant. So a 60,000 seater stadiums only having 10,000. None, none for Chicago, the football season. In Chicago, we still have, they still, we still have social distancing. Illinois still has a mask mandate. Um, if you're outside and you're vac vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask, but if you're inside, you have to, they're not. Okay. Um, they lifted it all here. So come June first, yeah. I believe yeah. it is. Well, it's all done. Sports stadiums. I mean, if if you want to spread that that virus, you just stick eighty thousand people in the sports in the stadium and let them scream and shout and swear and spit over each the, other. I mean, the, it's the perfect environment to breed it. The thing is, now I think they're gauging. So right now, New Jersey has had like I think the past seven days, like less than four hundred cases of all of New Jersey, and that's nine million people. And so I think that's like, what is that? Four per 100,000 people, four and a half people per 100,000. Mm -hmm. So if you figure the majority of people are vaccinated here, you know, I think that over, uh, I mean, we're at almost 50% of the state is vaccinated. It's come almost like Israel. We're actually the same size as Israel, 9 million mm -hmm. people. So you could pretty much compare the two. Uh, it's, I think they're just playing the, the odds and they're playing risk and i think that 14 okay. 15 months in and we're yeah. still letting our guard down before we've absolutely saw uh, just look at jeremy okay yeah, i know Prime so, so, so here's the thing so here's the thing uh, just for just for reference just for reference you know we have been bringing up vaccination and all that but because of this heightened phase right uh the government is actually advising us whether you've been vaccinated or not to put on masks that is at least, you know, two ply, more than two layers. Yeah. Okay. So go figure. But that's where we were <laughs> like, happening. that's where we were like five months ago here. All right. But, but why does everyone relax the restrictions before we actually? Because I think the majority of the country, business. We're, we're in a different space though. We're we in a different space. Three, three lockdowns later and we're still right. not learning. If they'd have realized this back in March last year, everything would have been quarantined and tracked mm. and traced and nailed down to get rid of it. And it would have been gone in three or four months. And now we are still doing, oh, it's getting better. So let's relax everything. Yeah. Not it's gone, it's getting better. And, and I think what, 70% effectiveness with the vaccine? Not all of us have had it. Okay, you will have fewer. That's, that's the UK vaccine, not ours. <laughs> yes. I think, you know, I think it has a lot to do it has a lot to do with business and livelihoods and i know but, but I, I, yes. you, you're trying to let business back in then it all falls flat on its face you're back to square one again and business has been well suffering for 15 ian months. ian i agree with you i agree with you and we've been really strict in new jersey and new york like we're actually one of the we're one of the last ones to lift it um new jersey the second to last i think chicago the illinois might be the last one left and New York and New Jersey are going to lift it this weekend, Memorial Day. So there you go. It's around the holiday. But um, I think they look at it as they're opening things and the numbers are still decreasing significantly. Like we're down almost 80% from where we were four weeks ago. And everything has been lifting, lifting, lifting. And there's been no uptick, no uptick. In fact, it's just decreasing. So I think that's why. They're, they're comfortable Good luck with, with the sports stadiums then. That, that'll bring it back. It's in. been open for, the sports teams have been open here for like three weeks now. Really? Yeah. In, in for hockey, because it's indoors, they actually have a vaccinated section and an unvaccinated section. The unvaccinated section oh. is socially distanced. The vaccinated section is not and no masks. Is the unvaccinated has masks. <laughs> okay. Sure. All right. I want to twist this back to retail now. Yeah. Yeah. No, we could go a, all day. Screwed at some point, right? So, yeah. <laughs> so here, things are are opening up again, and mm -hmm. and I know Ian and Jeremy, you were before. Um, 
you're you're shut down, you're locked down. You've been in a lot of stores. I, I've been going to stores for the last two months, and right now they're busy. Our big mall is crazy busy on weekends. People are shopping, they're carrying bags. Stores are back in a better stock position. Um, it, it's it, it's almost like you know you put your finger in a bowl of water and pulled it out. And now we're so hungry to be back in stores. Ian, are you seeing that on your travels? Yes, um, there is quite a lot. I mean, I you know I was in London on a Thursday when the stores reopened uh, in the middle of April, and and the footfall was mm -hmm. it wasn't a Saturday, it wasn't a Christmas shopping type of scenario but it was a downside bigger than you'd expect on a Thursday. And I've, I've been back through the way, I've been back to London twice and I've been to three other cities and it's more than you expect midweek. Um, but I think, I think I read somewhere that there is $150 billion unspent disposable income since things started. Um, you know, so there's a lot of money despite furloughs and redundancies. A lot of people have money to spend. We're getting that revenge shopper scenario here where mm. a lot of people are rushing out. There's still a lot of people that are refusing to come out because of fear as well. Um, and then, and, and there were quotes, um, Primark, who are one of the leading fast fashion retailers in the UK, who very famously have no online offer. Um, they just have stores um, and they, um, they had queues overnight trying to get back into their stores and their chief financial officer said this week has been busier than Christmas for mm. us, but it's waiting for the tail off. You know, everyone's expecting it to drop once that novelty of getting out has gone and um, the level that it's going to drop to, we don't know. And, and trying to, people are still making, you know, making huge assumptions about what's happening with retail. The pro physical are going, yeah, sales are up. And I'm going, yeah, of course they are. And the online is going, yeah, we're more online. I'm going, well, there will be more online at the moment because a lot of those physical people are reluctant until the, the virus and the fear of the virus is gone. Right. You won't know where the natural levels will settle. There's, there's still too much influence, bias, control and fear that are affecting. But yeah, there's been some huge uplifts. What's interesting is some of the stats I was reading for both UK and US were saying that um, obviously 30, 40% higher than last year, but 20% higher than 2019 as well. So you're you're not just returning to levels, you're getting an increased uplift. But again, that has been, that's pent up retained demand. It's just been demand. So, so while it's great, uh, I mean, another interesting stat, because I'm, you know, anyone, you, you guys know, I'm a massive advocate of physical retail. Physical retail was 83% of retail around the world before the pandemic. In the last year, it's only dropped 75%, or it's dropped to only 75%. In the, despite all the closures, all the government lockdowns, three quarters of retail was still happening in the physical channels. Is that the so report? it does have a big part to play. Retail Dive were quoting some of this stuff this week. Is that the report that said 70% of retail purchases are still made in physical stores, even if they start online? Uh, that Yeah, that was a different, that's a different stat that I've seen before. I can't remember its source, but it was, it was just a, re a report I read on LinkedIn. Um, but he was saying it had only, it, it had dropped only 8%. Yeah. I would imagine that's by vertical, though, too. If you break that down by vertical, I'd be interested to see who, which, you know, does that include food? Because, yeah. you know, that's, I feel like that's probably still been been, been maintaining for the most part um, certain things like here, like Walmart and Target, and they've still been doing, I, I would just be interested to see the vertical. Well, we, we've got an interesting shift here. I think the grocery side online grew rapidly. You know, that I mentioned before, you know, this time last year, people were selling their delivery slots for home delivery and things mm -hmm. like that. Um, and we've just been reading this week in the UK that a lot of the big grocers are going to are planning to shut 24 hour stores so that effectively through the night they become a dark store. Mm -hmm. And it's online order fulfillment, click and collect and home mm -hmm. delivery so that you can't shop at, you know, all the students that shop at 2 a.m., you know, on the way back from clubbing and stuff. They won't be able to now because they're saying it's going to be all online. So that is an interesting shift because I think here we've seen more. I mean, you, you've got more curbside pickup in the U.S. I think mm -hmm. that's become a bigger trend. Mm -hmm. 
we have quite a bit of click and collected where people drive to the supermarket but you drive right into the supermarket you yeah. park up outside the door and they bring it out they bring most it. Of the time. that's what we yeah. do so, yeah. Yeah. so, so grocery I... here i think has grown more on the online maybe than it has in your area we no, touched no, on no. this on our last podcast actually um george rich and i about the convenience factor and and how they've made it so simple to not go into the store that you really do need a reason to go to the mm. store and if it maybe it's just to go to the store and i think that's probably what's driving the majority of traffic right now is i need to get the hell out of the house yeah. um because otherwise they've made it too convenient last night i'll give an example we were sitting outside and it was a beautiful day here we're enjoying dinner and there's a damn mosquito just bothering us <laughs> like the whole time i went on to target.com opened the app this is like a plug for them and i and i got thermosel thing and i put it in my cart and it was like you get a four week free trial of ship it or whatever it was whatever that thing is for instant someone goes to the store picks it up and brings it to you it was in my house a, a half hour later wow wow half an hour too, too convenient too that's convenient. been on in China for a while, hasn't it? 30 minutes. I remember that the Fresh Hippo stores mm -hmm. were introduced. Fresh Hippo, 30 minutes. Now, there's a company yeah. in the UK that is now offering 10-minute delivery or your next three months of orders of free that's delivery. Impart it's impossible. Well, all I'm thinking impossible. is... One that's like the traffic, pizza model. One red, one red traffic light. <laughs> one red traffic light. One car pulling out in front of you. That's like the pizza, old school pizza thing. If we oh, yeah. don't have it to you in 10 minutes, your pizza's yeah. on us. And so you avoid yeah. answering your door. And exactly. Yeah. He's going to wait 15 seconds. The, 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 pro the problem is, though, the weird thing with this delivery thing is everyone's rushing to outdo each other and the consumers are going... I don't really care. I'll take it if you offer it. But it's, this is not a consumer-driven thing. It's companies trying to have an edge yeah. in a sector that other, is, yeah. it's not possible to make a profit yeah, as it is. Here's, you know? what's here's what's happening, though. I wrote, this was one of the topics on Retail Wire a couple of days ago, maybe a week ago. And my response was, I, I think retailers are looking for ways to keep people out of their stores. It's, it's stupid. So much that, you know, so much that's happening. Um, you should be looking for ways to get me into your store instead yeah. of having mm -hmm. somebody deliver something to me in 10 minutes. And I, I think it's, I think it's Walmart. I think it's Walmart. It could be Amazon has this new thing now where, or they're working on it on a new service where you give them access to your garage and mm -hmm. they will, they will deliver your product, go into your garage, leave it there. There was one a while ago. I don't know if they still do it where they would come into your house and they could, you know, put the groceries. You're not coming into my house. <laughs> I saw your comments online about that. Crazy. Uh, I, yeah. You're not. I don't know it's, you. I don't, like, let's go. It, it's like it's they are they're rushing. They're rushing to fix a problem that doesn't exist. Doesn't yeah. exist. Yeah. You know, and, and, and then, I mean, I read I read a fabulous article that was talking about you know the, some some of the concerns about online ordering is picking your fresh fresh fruit and your meat where yeah. it's a personal thing do i trust that person to get me the nice steak and the, and the fresh vegetables which is a concern but also online has not mastered the ability of the impulse purchase like a physical store yeah. you know and also and mm. also i mean it's also if you walk around a physical store where you've got all these things you know the worst thing you do is you go when you're hungry because mm -hmm. you just fill your trolley with all the crap you don't need um you know, and, and the smell of the bakery and things like this. There are certain elements when you're buying food that online hasn't mastered the ability. You know, you don't have peripheral vision on a web page, which Neither you has, do in, in a store. That's true, though, for everything, though. I mean, there's there's uh, if I do buy something online and you know what? I've stopped buying clothing online because it does not fit. There is not universal sizing and a size 12 could be eight times too big for me, or I can't get my right hand into it. There's, well, so I, I there just, is some tech coming it. out to help with that. I mean, yeah, I've spoken to two companies that do that. There's a there's, magic there's, there's, well, no, no, it's not. No, you don't have to spend 1500 quid to measure yourself. There's a, there's a, there's a company in, in Vietnam who I spoke to, who they say wear tight fitting clothing and you scan yourself at home. So this isn't getting They scanned. use augmented reality. And they, what, they, yeah. they will measure you front and side yeah. view on, and they, they say they're accurate within two millimeters. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can use that. And they're trying they to sell this, in the world. Sell, sell this to retailers so that yeah. you can input your dimensions. And there's another company in France that are developing an idea where it's more about learning. So you, you, you get data from retailers about the sizes you buy because, yet, you know, people have this issue that Nike sneakers are a size yeah. smaller than Adidas. So you input it in. So, you know, if you're buying Nike, you need to adjust. So they're trying to because the benefit to us is it's reassuring, but also returns are what kill online fashion. Okay, I'm going to go back to that yeah. measuring thing. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you measure my body absolutely perfect, it doesn't matter if the clothing manufacturers can't figure out what sizing is. Over here, everybody's talking about, oh, Victoria's Secret is changing now. They're gonna, they're not gonna be geared to men anymore. They're been coming back and they're getting geared to women and they're gonna use real women in their ads using plus size models. Plus size starts at size 18. They're using women who wear a size 14 which is the average size in the United States. And these are women with absolutely perfectly proportioned bodies, although they're bigger than models. I mean, they're, they're gorgeous. Mm. Well, you do, but I mean, wait, I, wait, I've wait, always- wait, I'm not done, wait. <laughs> they're, but they're still not making clothing to fit a body. So I don't care if you scan me and you put the size in, it's not, it's, it's not going to fit. They're not fitting. But, but, but George, I'm surely the answer is don't buy Victoria's Secret. Buy the brand that you know that works Forget for you. Get Victoria's Secret. Uh, Victoria's Secret thing, I'm, I'm just saying that for the, for the models. Don't blow smoke in my, in my ears and tell me that we're awful. We're going to do the right thing. We're going to have but, women of yeah, all sizes. We, and then tell me that size 14 is a plus size when it's not. We, we touched but, on this on the last podcast. I just to, I think just to just to wrap up this, because I think no, George... I'm not wrapping it up. No, we got we got no, We got to get you off your soapbox. I just, I just wish Georgianne would get off the fence and tell us what she really thinks. Yeah. yeah. I listen to you whine about flu shots for 20 minutes. <laughs> Apparel retailers have to figure out how to actually fit a woman's body. And it, they don't appear to be interested in doing that. And you can... Mm-hmm. you can talk to uh, we could do a focus group or we'll walk into a mall and I bet 8 out of 10 women would tell you that they have fit issues so I don't care about their magic mirrors and the thing that's going to help me fit until the clothing manufacturers figure it out and until they figure it out that women over 50 don't want to wear sequin shirts with cats on them and leopard trim <laughs> well, I don't care about your technology <laughs> so, so just to wrap up because we were originally talking about the customer service and instant gratification right i think that's how we i don't know we we, we, we deviated oh, we a little about, bit all over the place here stores that that close they make it convenient orders yeah here the stores now all close at six o'clock at night some are mm-hmm. open until eight well if i go to my office i don't leave my office till five on my way home i can't stop at a store because they're closed they're closed by the time i get there but then there's you know i then there's as far as delivery, there's stores like Petco. We had, we adopted um, two cats six weeks ago, my husband and I. And I ordered everything on Petco. Petco now, when I order, will deliver to my house within within two hours. But they fill the order in the stores during the time the store is open, which is kind of cool because when I go in now, when they're you know ringing up my sale and they see my rewards number, they ask me about my pet because they picked the order. That's awesome customer service. But there yeah. is a flip side to that, though. You know, my local grocery store that I go to, since I moved house, it's a different one. I used to go to Tesco's, who were the biggest, and I go to Asda, who used to be owned by Walmart until a few months ago. Um, and I, I like to go into the physical store because I like to choose and browse. Uh, and being a man, I don't have an organized list. And I'll go, oh, I need one of those. And it's only because I walk down the aisle that I see it and I realize I need it. So I do that. And I went down one aisle and there were three people doing online fulfillment. And they have a trolley that's four feet long and three feet wide, blocking the aisle, but also blocking the bay you're trying to shop yeah. at. And in their head, I, I know because I, I, I know some of the colleagues that work in the store. The pressure, they have a click rate. They've got to pick a certain number. It's like Amazon. They've, they've got to do, I don't know, 500 in an hour or whatever it is, that, you know. So they, they can't wait and they prioritize their own activities. So you, as a customer in their physical store, 
are a second-rate citizen because they've got someone who needs a delivery eight o'clock tomorrow morning. Mm -hmm. So I have an issue when it goes that too far that way because I can't do my shop because some lazy bugger sat at home, <laughs> ordered online, and is now physically stopping me picking out that meat or that fruit. I'm that lazy bugger, and I think it all depends on where you are at in your life at the moment and That's what you have going on. Because it's I'm all about... Con job. It's, I'm I know. I think this okay. is... Is this a, is this a symptom of having the AstraZeneca jet? No, I think it's it's, it's all it's all about the where you're at with your stage in life and the convenience factor for you what yes. you need. So I think let's just wrap up this segment with a with a great quote from the 1989 movie Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> wise men wise men say patience is a virtue, but never pay full price for late pizza. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so I I I was reading about this. We have that for this week's. This what'd you say? Now we have our title for this week's issue. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so apparently, um, women entrepreneurs could add two hundred sixty billion dollars to the Southeast Asia e-commerce market by twenty thirty, and they say a big reason uh, behind that is that it's the anonymity of e-commerce that's basically reduced some of the barriers or most of the barriers to entry faced by women in East Asia and the Pacific. Um, I don't know nearly enough about the topic, but I don't know, Jeremy, since you're on, uh, what can you add to that? <laughs> it sounds pretty, pretty big to me. Sounds big. Sounds big. Um, I, I don't know if it's specific to women. I mean, just e-commerce alone. I, I don't know if I mentioned, but I always thought that Southeast Asia is really big, big, big potential. Because in Asia, you always hear about China, India, very obvious, right? Very obviously. Um, but I, I do really think that, you know, uh, if someone can crack Southeast Asia and it looks like, you know, some of these e-commerce uh, giants, um, Lazada, who's owned by Alibaba, if they can crack that, I really don't think it's just... Um, specific to just women in southeast asia market yeah um and jason just deal with it sorry I said we're taking, sorry was that we're, we're taking over the world jason just deal with it <laughs> that's fine take it over you guys will do a better job than, than we ever did <laughs> so i i don't know i don't know why is the specific focus on on women alone because i i do think that um e-commerce as a whole um, for Southeast Asia is is just huge. I don't even know there's any numbers coming out um, as, as an entire market. I'm sure there is somewhere. But um, yeah, it, it's the place that we really need to take a hard look at. Well, well, those numbers came from the International Finance um, Corporation. So the, that's an actual uh, quote from them, the $260 billion, um, And it is specific to women. Which is, is, is there a selling? subtle difference in the Southeast Asian market and say the rest of Asia? Because I mean, could you just remind us? I mean, is this places like Thailand? Okay. Yeah, they were actually is, talking uh, about yeah. um, the Philippines. Philippines, this yeah. is one of them. Philippines, Indonesia, Thailand, Singapore, Malaysia is Southeast Asia as well, right? right? And you have your Vietnam, Cambodia. Um, who else am I missing? Philippines, Indonesia is the big ones. Uh, yeah, Cambodia, Vietnam. Am I missing anyone else? Thailand. They mentioned what kind Malaysia. Because, because I mean, certainly my my experiences with China <laughs> and and Japan, which are limited to ten days in each one, but the, the women are not backwards in coming forwards with their retail buying yeah. habits. So, is is there a subtle cultural difference in Southeast Asia where are women are more I don't know suppressed, quieter, less dominant in making purchase decisions? I mean, is is there a cultural difference for Southeast Asia? I think it's uh, it, it depends on where, but I I don't I think compared to male, there there is 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 more more suppressed because I'm um, still very male dominant. Southeast Asia specific, yeah. Um, I mean, even out of Southeast Asia, you see like a, the obvious ones are Japan, right? India, the social status of women is just not that high. You know, even for Japan, it's like, you know, very developed. So um, for Southeast Asia wise, I think more or less there is uh, this male dominance, but I think the, the nature of this report really talks about um, female entrepreneurs, female selling to female, right? Which I do think uh, the e-commerce platform um, enables more people to set up their own businesses, yeah. selling to other women, 
And I think this will, you know, it's it's really a virtuous cycle, I guess, you know, for growth. Yeah. So I, I think that's where that's where um, the boom is, uh, where the, the article is hinting, because traditionally Southeast Asian women would be supporting the family, right? Doing the uh, being the um, uh, 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 homekeeper uh, house housewife, right? Yeah, that's the traditional role. So if if this role is um, uh, less of importance now, more more women are coming up to sell online to other women and they make money and they set up a business and sell other things. So it's going to be, it's going to be a virtual cycle upwards. So I, she, I do think that there's some, or she doesn't, have to leave, or she doesn't have to leave her home to set up a business. Precisely. And, and look after the kids at the house at the same time. Right. right. Yeah. But do, do you yeah. see this as a growth or a redistribution? You know, because, because surely some, some of that money is already being spent maybe by the man in the family, if we're going to, you know, very simplistic stereotype. So is that going to be $260 billion of growth or would maybe $150 billion of that be money that was just being spent elsewhere and we'll, we'll go through different channels? I think that would be the interesting thing. That's that's a really good question, right? That is a sort of a cannibalization, right? Part of this part, male spending goes to the female. That, that is actually a good question. Not, I'm not sure. So, so CNBC mentioned um, that the anonymity of setting up e-commerce and getting financing um, for entrepreneurial women is what they believe is going to spur a lot of the growth um, because traditionally getting financing as a woman in Southeast Asia was more difficult than it was as a man to get um, financing and certainly more difficult in traditional brick and mortar than it would be mm -hmm. for e-commerce. Mm. Well, so I think that's I think what they're looking at too. Go everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, and and maybe financing is not a huge issue um, because when you talk about e-commerce, you could be selling anything. Right? I could be baking a cake at home and selling it, mm -hmm. e-commerce wise, right? Or or maybe some small art stuff, um, you know, crafting stuff. Well, look so, at Etsy. So look at Etsy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right? That's now, a great a lot example. Of that, exactly. A lot of those are are home based businesses. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and 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 this this is a generalization, but I do think that women um, spend a lot more online. Uh, than men on small items, right? What, what, whereas men, you know, boys and their toys, right? They go in and get all the electronic stuff, right? Uh, online, uh, women spend on other stuff. Um, yeah, but maybe not so huge in terms of um, per item cost, but you know, um, yeah. Keep digging those stereotypes, Jeremy. Keep digging those stereotypes. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to avoid. Take that to you physical can heal, you can... The reason you, you can walk hear my in, mind thinking. Yeah, stop. Let's quit while you're ahead. The uh, while we're all ahead. Um, that's why when you walk into Costco, you're instantly surrounded by computers and TVs and mm. cell phones and mm -hmm. Barca loungers, and then nestled right in all the middle of the stuff that attracts male shoppers is the kiosk that sells diamond engagement rings and watches <laughs> and jewelry. And here's a nudge. There's a nudge to it, get her something too. That's skillful secondary sighting, that isn't it? Exactly. They get you and got you in there, you know. And, and you guys, we walk out with a necklace or a shirt, and you're walking out with a kayak or a. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just just to close the loop on this, the numbers because you were asking yeah. about uh, percentages of women. You know what what percentage did women own in uh, some of these sites? So. Um, I don't know the site. You guys probably do. Um, the Southeast Asian e-commerce site, Lazada. Um, yeah, I believe Lazada. Yeah, Lazada uh, really owned, in the Philippines. It's owned right? by Alibaba. Okay. Owned by Alibaba. Okay. Yeah. I did not. Jeez, Alibaba yeah, owns everything. <laughs> um, yeah. In the Philippines, women accounted for 64% of sellers on Lazada. That makes sense. Wow. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That makes sense. That's, that's mm -hmm. huge. That's huge. It's, it's probably... Jason, Sorry, Georgia? Jason, do you ever shop on Etsy? I actually just shopped on Etsy. Mm -hmm. Just shopped on Etsy. But no, I normally do not. But my brother and I just listed an eight uh, a coin from uh, 1814, I think it was. A $3 coin on there. So you can go on and buy it. Please. It's <laughs> do you, gold do you, you guys have um, Wayfair, don't you? Out, we out do. Yeah, we have Wayfair. Which is a bit like Etsy. Because I, I was buying a lot on Wayfair, uh, browsing more than I was buying... But what I found annoying with them was, is, you you know, I had this situation where I bought a wardrobe and I wanted the matching chest of drawers, the drawer unit. And I went in and had a look and saw the price. I went back a week later and the price had gone up 80 pounds. 
and I went back again and it went up another £10, you know, and I'm like, right, I'm not, I'm not. So I thought, right, I'm going to play this game. So I stopped looking and I started looking at competitor ones. And then I got an email from them. Oh, you saw this and they reduced it. So it's still more than the original price. And I was like, still not playing this game. And then they dropped it down again. And I got so annoyed. I went to a competitor and I found something that looked identical. That was 200 pounds cheaper. So I bought it. And by then they were offering me vouchers and discounts and free on this and free. And I was like, no, you missed the boat. So (laughs) my my secret to anyone buying Wayfair is blitz the website like crazy and then ignore them for six weeks and then go and buy it. (laughs) So Wayfair, my only experience with Wayfair, they always make it look nice. It's like shopping online Ikea. You, yeah. It comes and you got to put that shit together. And my God, who has that time? And I'm not going to do it well. So Wayfair and Etsy are different. Wayfair is a, is a uh, furniture and accessories site. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Etsy primarily is handmade, handmade. goods. Yeah. Handcraft, yeah. Handmade yeah. goods. Yeah. Got to love those algorithms, though. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You play the game. I, 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 okay. I looked at a picture of myself the other day. And I saw something on my leg and I blew it up and it was a, you know, a piece of, I'm getting older. It was a piece of, of skin that was wrinkled when I sat down. And I said to myself, and that, that's special. Got, I got this crap to look forward to. I swear to God, you guys, within four hours, every single ad that came to me on <laughs> Facebook and online was for things like products like crepe erase. So I, I didn't Google anything. I didn't put it in. Google I just home. said it out loud to myself. They listen though, the, the apps, they, they, they have, have voice to. messaging on them. Yeah, they you, have you, All that small print you ignore and just go, yeah, I'm gonna have this app. It's they listen and they sell that knowledge to other brands. And I've tested it by, talking into my phone about things and you suddenly get adverts it doesn't work when i talk about free holidays i noticed that no. never freaking works <laughs> but, but it does if you talk about i've done that deliberately talked about a product that i've done nothing else with and then suddenly you get adverts you know i'm really thinking about buying a new land rover i think that that would be really nice i kind of like yeah. a white one hey that would be good don't you think just, just do the hey uh hey alexa um i want a free like Land Rover, Land Rover. Can you look that up? Free, free Land Rover. Do you want the Defender? We tried the yeah. Defender. Oh yeah, yeah. let's just have, let's just go for a Lambo, Lamborghini, uh, Alexa. <laughs> That'll be fun. But well, the, the one I'll problem with algorithms, the one problem that in any part of, of retail world is the human is the fickle, inconsistent, emotionally driven element. So while that advert would be useful one minute, five minutes later, it'll irritate mm-hmm. the hell out of you. And the only variable is you've changed your mind. And that's to- where <laughs> algorithms are going to struggle because it'll be insightful and useful one minute and irritating and invasive the next. And uh, I don't know how it'll be a genius that can interpret mood, bearing in mind that most of the mood is irrational as well. It's not even because of something that's happened. We just feel different. Hey. Um, and that's always the joy and the variable. In all that's that's the industry that I work for now in DevOps industry. That's literally the, the philosophy behind it is essentially yeah. that the systems may be perfect, but they're not perfect because we're not perfect. <laughs> so the people who actually implement them and run them, we're the floor. I saw a guy at Lego and we stood outside their global flagship in, in London. And I said, you built this wonderful store. And now you're going to stupidly let humans in and they're going to just bugger it. <laughs> it's so true. It's, it's so true. Yeah. That's why it's half yeah. art and half science. You yes, know, it is. You'll Most of these people have psychology job. degrees. It's like it's psychology. Like you'll never get it absolutely right. Ever yeah. In your oh, life. yeah. Strive to minimize the variables. You need like a psychology and a uh, and a IT degree to work in IT these days. <laughs> no, you don't. It's easy. Show it to me once. I'm okay. Show it to me twice. Maybe after that, you're starting to aggravate me. Don't piss me off. As, as a marketer, I'm surprised you say that. As a marketer, I'm surprised you say that. Because as a marketer, when I think with my marketing hat on, I freaking love it. It's awesome. I'm going to annoy the shit out of you until you close the loop. And honestly, a lot of the conversions come from, yeah, you know what? I guess I do need that. And it's because you showed it to me a hundred times. Yes, we, we say that all of us would choose not to receive adverts. 
because they're a pain. Adverts mm -hmm. work. The advertising industry exists because it burrows into our subconscious and mm -hmm. we can't even tell you why you walk down that aisle and you buy that soap powder or not another one. It's because that's the one that's been banging into your head on television yeah. adverts for a year. It you go, I know that one. Can't tell you why. I can't tell you whether I like it, but I know that mm -hmm. one and I don't know that one. So I'm going to buy the first. It just happened to me. I, I've been in the market for sunglasses. I must have been walking around this house like 500 times talking about sunglasses like endlessly because we were going on vacation. Well, I've been seeing ads for sunglasses endlessly. Finally, one came up yesterday and it was like a slick, the slick deals. You know, slick deals? uh they're they're here it's fantastic it, it's a like a coupon clipping website it's like the greatest deals well anyway these these sunglasses were like 150 dollars on sale for 45 and if you use this code you can get them down to 25 great i don't care if they're 25 sunglasses sunglass and they work fantastic i'm buying it and i bought it and honestly all the ads have stopped and i'm getting my sunglasses so there you go ah, you see the problem i have is i have that issue when i was looking at a pair of shoes i love timberland shoes i've got about eight pairs and I went to have a look and I was bombarded with adverts for four weeks. What they didn't realize, I went to have a look and I bought them. So these right. were blue Timberland shoes. I've got adverts for blue Timberland shoes. I go, I've already bought these. Mm. You've missed the boat. So the algorithm didn't connect to the yeah. purchase. So they're like, too late, mate. Too late. Yeah, you got to close the loop. Otherwise, then it is just noise. It's, then you really Jason, are annoying. Jason, people. you forget that we study consumers and a lot of my retail colleagues are all about statistics and what's going on with that. Rich and I are not. We are about what the consumer wants, what they like, what drives them crazy, how to keep them coming back. And algorithms are make our heads explode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. So um, this is great, guys. We could go all day, I feel like, as on usual. <laughs> yeah. All night for me. We got to bring it home. But we'll do this again, right? We're going to keep doing this? Absolutely. Oh, we've been invited. Uh, before you close this off, Jason, so Ian and, and Rich and Jeremy and I met last year doing Oliver Banks Retail Transformation Program, and we just clicked. And so we're going to do it again for him this coming July. So you'll be able That's to great. see yeah. it. Really, really pleased. When, when I, we'll I, have fun, guys. <laughs> when, he, when he announced the event, I was like, oh, I'd love to do this. And I said, I was like, I'm not going to pester him. And then he emailed us. And I was like, oh, <laughs> yes. That's I great. Know, I kind of felt the same way. Okay, Jace, bring us home. All right. Well, thanks a lot for listening to us as always. Thank you to Jeremy and Ian for joining us as always. Jeremy, we did this early for you, so I'm not going to thank you for staying up because, you know, I've been up since three <laughs> in the morning today. So, you know, time is just a... Uh, it's made up anyway <laughs> appreciate you guys being here as always with us and appreciate you for listening to us uh download us wherever you can find podcasts retailadventuresblog.com kaiserandbender.com um you guys have sites you want to plug this is the plug I'm time you can find them on LinkedIn. No, no, no. LinkedIn. Yeah, LinkedIn. I, I can I print my, my podcast retails that I do with Toby Barnes. So uh, you can find us on YouTube and Spotify and things like that. As well. There you go. And you can find me on uh, devopsinstitute.org. You can find me on the Humans of DevOps podcast where I interview people from the DevOps industry and just find out what makes them tick. All y'all people are going to have to start sponsoring this blog. <laughs> I know. I know. So it's been great. Please subscribe to this podcast. And join us next time for another adventure of Retail Adventures. Happy Adventures, everybody. Thank you. Take care. <laughs>